0: To Adventures of a Storyteller and her Sidekick. I got it right that time, guys. And aren't wow. we all so proud?
1: <laughs> yes. You did not murder it that time.
0: Uh we we have a guest today. Again. As you can probably hear, our our big sister Fee.
1: Big sister. She's so big. I'm so big.
0: She is so big. Too big. <laughs> so, too big She's supposed to be sleep. going to sleep right now, but.
1: But I am kind of resistant and kind of not. Anyway.
0: Poison. Yes, yeah. today's topic does in fact involve poison. We're going to be talking about Crooked House, which is a book by Agatha Christie. And we are also going to be talking about the 2017 movie adaptation, because it is beautiful and wonderful and everyone should watch it. But. Yeah. Um, although it is very different from the book. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it still has the yeah. same resolution. It still has the same characters. The characters are slightly different. Um, the plot... Well, not really the plot. It's the same some, plot. Some but plot is, events are a little different. Plot events are different, but the plot the is same. basically the same. Yeah. But, um, one of the reasons that we're talking about this is... Because of me, <laughs> because um, Agatha Christie is one of my favorite authors, in case you don't know who Agatha Christie is, she, according to the back of this, how old is it? <laughs> really old. Well, 1949.
1: Costs... I mean, what? it cost $2, so. Is it
0: 1949. This 1949 copy of. 1949 paperback copy of Cricket House. Um, Agatha Christie is the author of more than 80 novels and story collections. Her books have sold well over 400 million copies and have established her fame worldwide as the foremost mystery writer of our time. Which, remember, 1949. Four hundred million copies. That's a lot. Yeah, that, is that was in nineteen forty nine. Today, today she her books have sold more copies um, than anything. anything besides the Shakespeare Bible Shakespeare and the Bible. Shakespeare. Yeah, and she has sold one billion copies in English and one billion copies total in every other language.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, put to wow. it's crazy. But yeah, that's a lot.
1: That is a lot.
0: Um she's known as the Dame of Mystery, the grant yeah, she is a great writer. She's like obviously 80 novels and story collections. She lived till like the 1970s, I think. So she wrote uh, even more than that. Yeah. Um I can't believe this book is so old. 1949.
1: I'm pretty sure the movie was set after that, wasn't it? But that's different.
0: No, it was It must have been set right around that time. So, it was originally published in 1948. So, this is one of the first editions of it. Like, wow. Um, But, it's set right after the war. He met Sophia in Egypt at the end of World War II. And then he went east for two years. And who is he, Gabby? Charles Hayward. The main character and narrator. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read a synopsis of the book, which I wrote, and it isn't very good, but it's fine because... Are we going to do the characters first? Um, or no, I'm going words. to read the cast of characters, like, in the middle of a synopsis. Okay. Okay. The story begins with Charles Hayward promising Sophia Leonides, the woman with whom he has fallen in love, that he will ask her to marry him when he returns to England. Charles works for England's diplomatic service and is to be abroad for a couple of years. Upon his return, he discovers that Sophia's grandfather has died. When he meets Sophia again, she has snuck out of her house by climbing out a bathroom window and down a drainage pipe. (laughs) <laughs> she and his father, the assistant commissioner of Scotland Yard, enlist his help in finding out who's behind the murder of Aristide Leonides. Sophia's grandfather was a very powerful and wealthy man of 85. Anyone in his household could have done the deed. They each had motive and opportunity, and the murdered man himself laid out the blueprint for his death in conversation with the whole family. He was killed by um, a dose of esterine, which was um, substituted... For insulin, which he received an injection of every day, um, the suspects include Aristide's wife, his two sons, their wives, his three grandchildren, his sister-in-law, and the his grandchildren's tutor. Um, so I'll read the cast of characters now. Um, some of it is kind of funny, but <laughs> some of it is just plain. I don't know. Charles Hayward. His love for Sophia compels him to tackle the mystery that hangs over the crooked house. Sophia Leonides, old Aristide's granddaughter. She's frightened but determined. Sir Arthur Hayward, Charles' father, assistant commissioner of Scotland Yard. He believes the way to get information is to listen. Chief Inspector Taverner, Sir Arthur's right hand. He believes in stirring things up. Edith de Havilland, she she certainly hated old Aristide, her brother-in-law, but maybe she loved him too. Philip Leonides, Sophia's father, cold as steel on the outside, but the passions underneath might be murderous. Magda Leonides, Sophia's mother, an actress who could play many roles. Roger Leonides, Aristides' Aristides, (laughs) oldest son, a man of violent temper. Clemency Leonides, Roger's wife, a scientist. There was no telling what her love for him would lead her to. Brenda Leonides, Aristide's young second wife. Maybe she wanted to be a widow. Lawrence Brown, he thought Brenda extremely kind, and maybe he wanted her to be a widow too. (laughs) Eustace Leonides, Sophia's brother, a boy who might be as crooked as the crooked house. Josephine Leonides, Sophia's sister, the youngest of the Leonides clan and a budding detective. So, um... Besides Charles, his father, and Chief Inspector Tavener, everyone on this list is um, a suspect. Um, Sophia tells Charles that she may not be able to marry him unless the right person has done it, specifically Brenda Leonides, her grandfather's second wife, who is no older than 35. Three murders and a suicide occurred during the course of this book. So four deaths total. In the end, we discover... Um, spoiler alert. Um, that yes, there sp- will be spoilers in all of these episodes, so yes. just prepare yourself for that. The culprit is Josephine, Sophia's 12-year-old sister. We don't discover this, however, until after she has been killed by her great-aunt Edith, who, with only a few months left to live, sacrifices her life to save Josephine from institutionalization and the world from Josephine. She drives them off a cliff in a rock quarry. She formally confesses to the murders, Edith does, only admitting the truth in a letter to Charles and Sophia. Edith also left them with Josephine's notebook, which included her own confession and explanation of her crimes, um, and was the only real evidence against her. No one would really have been able to like, prove that it was Josephine, so she probably would have gotten away with it and would have committed other murders, so, yeah, that's why Edith did what she did, um,
1: yeah. Now, to explain why Josephine did what she did, Josephine
0: killed her grandfather because she was upset that he wouldn't let her take Ballet ballet lessons, which, I mean, seems like a kind of dumb reason for murder, but it was kind of like this part of a larger pattern of him, like, determining what his family could and could not do with their lives, which, I mean, was more emphasized in the movie than in the book. Yeah. In the book, it portrays him as, like, very, like, loving and... yeah. And he, in the movie, Josephine, like, they kind of make it obvious that he made her feel like she wasn't good enough, which, um, is, like, like, she wouldn't have been good enough to be a ballerina, I guess, mm-hmm. and so she hated him for that, but, um. Uh, in the book, it was more like um, he just wouldn't let her take ballet lessons. Yeah, like it wasn't a big deal. It was only a big deal to her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Go Um. Another thing about the book that I thought I don't know in regards to Josephine is that like. I feel like the book really emphasized the house and also as Leonides as or Aristide Leonides the grandfather who was killed as like crooked which is even in the title. Mm-hmm. And so Josephine in a way was kind of like a living testament to both the both him and the house, I think. And she was kind of a reflection of of the crookedness of, I guess, her grandfather and the house and even, like, all the family members, um, and the book kind of goes more into detail about how, like, those things that she, I guess, like, like, the genes that she received from, from both sides of her family, like, added to added to, like, the person who she became and the things that she did. So what was your first impression of the book, Mari? Um,
0: I thought it was interesting, um, like, I mean, Faith just said it, how much it emphasized, like, crookedness. Like, yeah. they use, okay, if you haven't read the book, like, one thing you need to know is is that the word crooked is used, like, at least every page. Like, I'm uh, not even... Well, maybe not, sure not every page. page, page. But, but, like, it's used <laughs> no, a lot. Not least. on this page. Whatever. It's used a lot. That is
1: true. Like, a lot, a lot, a <laughs> lot. Gabby, I'm trying well, to... Well, not just the word crooked, though. It also talks about ruthlessness a lot. Both yeah. crookedness and ruthlessness. Those are yeah. pretty
0: common themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What about you, Faith? What was your first impression? Um, I think that it was interesting because it kind of, like, the whole book kind of talked about, and every, everyone who was, like, investigating the case, they kind of all were talking about how it was so hard to tell who had done it because anyone could have done it, but I feel like the reason why it took them so long to get to the real culprit is because they didn't ever suspect Josephine of doing it. They never thought that she would be capable of doing something like that. And including, like, Charles, the relationship that he had with Josephine was actually really cute. Like, he actually got along really well with her, and she actually helped him, I guess, like, kind of deceived him mostly. But, but... like, she
0: helped him... She didn't help him like solve the case, obviously, but mm-hmm. she kind of like helped him investigate. Yeah, she like, like acted him like his sidekick. Yeah,
1: well, um, she acted cause...
0: more like he was her sidekick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she yeah. did. It...
1: Yeah. Um, what a lead! In the book, she he was.
0: yeah, in the book he is in the diplomatic service, as I mentioned. Um, and so he's not like a detective at all. His father is the detective, and he comes into the book just, like, to help his father and to help Sophia, um, because um, if they don't find out who did it, and if they're not able to prove it, there will always be suspicion on everyone in the family. There will always be suspicion on Sophia herself, and she didn't want to bring Charles into that. So, mm-hmm. she, so basically, if he wants to marry her, he has to help her figure out who did it. Yeah. And help his father, so he was just like in a good position, I guess, to help solve the crime. So that's why yeah. he's there. But I kind of like how he's portrayed in the book, cause he's cause he's always just like, like what am I doing here? Yeah. Like I don't he know. He always how feels to so out this, of place, and like everyone and on both sides is just like, yeah, you're supposed to be here. And he's well, he's just like no, for the most part. And then the whole time he's just like, I feel like I shouldn't be here, you guys should just, yeah. (laughs) And she even, she, he even says that, like, several times, he's like, um, I think I should probably go, and then there's always someone who's like, no, stay. It's (laughs) right
1: that you're here. Whether it's, like,
0: Sophia, or I think even Edith says it once, or, like, the investigators, like, there's always someone who's like... Taverner, yeah, just like stay. Yeah, he's supposed to be here. He asks Chief Inspector Taverner. Actually, he's just like, um, if people ask me who I am or like why I'm here, what do I say? And he's just like, Well, has anyone asked you yet? <laughs> and he's like, Well, no. And then Taverner is just like. Well then just don't worry about it. You know, like <laughs> don't tell them that don't tell them anything. They'll just assume <laughs> things and that's fine. They can assume things.
1: Yeah. Although they'll it's they'll come up with
0: their own explanation. Although first.
1: it's slightly unrealistic the way that he's a part of it all, but it kind of I think it's kind of interesting and they kind of talk about it a little bit in the movie. I don't wanna to get too much into that, but yeah. I think Edith even tell like she even tells him that everyone likes him, even though he feels like everyone kind of hates him in the family, but it kind of talks about how he ends up bringing the family together in a way, and so I think that they don't outright say it in the book, but it's a lot- it's shown a lot more in the book of how he does that.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's- it's also in a more positive light in the book, because in the movie, when- the when they, has a when very they, dark mood, so. yeah, mm-hmm. but when they make the point, oh, you've brought the whole family together, it's like while well, they're all like sat down to dinner, for it was for the like first it's time. bad that they're together. Oh, yeah, they were like fighting and like accusing each other of, of like murder. murder and stuff, and like it was not pleasant, it wasn't a pleasant dinner. No, he did not it was bring very them together in a good way, yeah, it's even. <laughs> It's kind even of just, just forced them all to be like, together. <laughs> it's even uncomfortable just, like, to watch it. It yeah. is. Yeah.
1: So, you feel like you shouldn't be there yeah, watching exactly. Yeah. it. exactly. And
0: I can't imagine how Charles feels. And, like, in the movie, like, he does feel like he's, he kind of feels like he's supposed to be there. But at that point... Um. Actually, in the movie, Sophia has kind of fired him because was mad at him. Well, um, it's... well, that happens after the dinner. Yeah, no, that is before the dinner. Is it? No. Yes. It, it's after the dinner. Oh no! Dinner. It's no, before. It's before. Because then his she car fires him. Down. His oh, car breaks down. Oh, he still wants to investigate right. it. So great. Right. Okay. Pulls okay. the starter out. And yeah, he, he like sabotages himself, from. and he's um, just like, my car won't start. <laughs> and so she invites him to stay to force and so, to, for, yeah. to force himself back into the investigation what yeah. yeah. Edith of a said was really funny though.
1: Different situation yeah. though. Yeah, yeah like, in the book, in the the book the because movie. he actually
0: the relationship is different. Uh-huh.
1: And actually yes, he's an actual so private investigator yeah. so he is supposed to be he's there. He is supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um it's just really different and we'll go more into that but yeah it's very very different the way that they, they kind of put it together, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: um, talking about first impressions though, um, we read the book over the weekend altogether. We read it out loud. Um, I read it probably about a year ago. Um, Mm -hmm. we watched the movie about a year ago and after we watched the movie, I'm like, you know what? I have to read this book because the movie was great. Um, And I really loved the book, but for, like, some different reasons. Um, Yeah. And so I was the first one who read it, but um, me, Mari, and our brother Charles all watched the movie together before I read it. And Mm -hmm. Charles actually liked the movie. Well, we all liked the movie. Yeah. But Charles, after I (laughs) read the book, he decided that he wanted to read the book, too, so... He actually read the book before either Mari or Faith, which is quite yeah. an accomplishment for a fourteen year old boy. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's Agatha Christie, like Yeah. Typically not something that teenage boys are,
1: yeah. are super but into. He actually but he's, really liked the book too. Yeah.
0: In fact, like we've had some conversations about it. He didn't want to be part of this episode because he's
1: doing what normal teenage boys do. Yeah. He's playing
0: video games with his friends, yeah. um, <laughs> which I guess it's good to know that he is pretty slightly normal. normal. <laughs> yeah. But he, he told us um, why he liked the book, actually, really briefly before we started, and he said it was because Sophia and Charles were less awkward, so... <laughs> Yeah. That's So that's true, his which is first so impression. true. And it's one of the reasons why I really love the book. And also because in the book Charles's father is actually alive, whereas yeah. in the movie Charles's father isn't a character because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Which like what was the point of that?
1: It was to eliminate I guess... a lot of extra details I think. That's yeah, true. and but...
0: if he's like a pra- it explains like his position That's... as a private detective,
1: yeah, and, but investigator. Like... Because yeah, I know it's sad that he's not there because they actually had a really strong relationship. Yeah, yeah it was kind of cute.
0: He had yeah. a good relationship with his father, which like contrasted with like the relationships in the Crooked <laughs> House. Like even yeah. though they like all got along, and like it was weird. Um, one thing that Edith said, actually, in the movie that mm-hmm. kind of really... Yes,
1: that's what I was yeah. trying to think of. She yes. said, um,
0: she was talking about, like, how why the house is crooked, kind mm-hmm. of, and about how um, um, it's what happens, like, when the person who you love the most in the world, who you would die for, is the same person that you hate mm-hmm. more than anyone. And she basically, in the, um, movie, the situation with Charles and Sophia, like, also makes her say, like, you understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: So, let's finally talk about the elephant in the room. Sophia Sophia. and Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, in the book, obviously they were going to get married. Yeah. Uh, and it was like and, an understanding that they had and they weren't engaged yeah. yet and they were they were very compatible people honestly yeah like they yeah, understood yeah. each other and they were like very honest with each other yeah and, and i so mean true. it wasn't it wasn't like all sunshine and rainbows like obviously, they had their yeah. obviously they had their um they had their troubles within the book but yeah. I feel, like, like Charles said, it was a lot less awkward because, um, they, they were, like, together.
1: Yeah. Like, not necessarily, because, I mean, they hadn't been together for a long time, for a couple years in the book. Yeah. And so he didn't want to, like, make her have a commitment to him the whole time, or not necessarily even that, but he just didn't want it to get in the way of other things in her life and Mm -hmm. didn't want her to have to... To be tied
0: down to him. Exactly. When he was, like, going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Because yeah he said that he... One of the things he said is that he didn't want her to fall in love with someone else and then feel like she had to be loyal to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then when he came back, the first thing he did was practically, like try to figure out what was going on with yeah.
0: her. He t- he sent a telegram to her. She was the first person he saw even before his father cuz his father was still at work when he came home. So, she met him um and he had he like found out right after he sent the telegram that her grandfather had died. And their relationship was just kind of like a steady thing throughout the book even when they did have their ups and downs. Um it was It was always kind of, like, a constant in the background. Charles was just, like, always there for her. Yeah. Even, like, during the book, sometimes he would, like, have doubts because Mm -hmm. he was just, like, she told me that she believes that she would be capable of murder Yeah. for the right reasons. But, like, what if she did kill her grandfather? Like, I don't know what reason she would have, but, like, what if? And, like, even when he did have those doubts, he, like, pretty much ignored them and, like, stood by her throughout the whole thing. Um, she, actually, her greatest motive, during her greatest motive, like, or at the time when he found out her greatest motive, because um, there was trouble about a will. He, like, pretended to sign a will that benefited that benefited each member of the family in front of all of them and told them exactly what was in it. Um, but he didn't actually sign it. He signed a different will where he left everything to Sophia. And when you discover that Sophia knew about the will all along and also that he didn't in fact sign the other will, um, you, um, you see every, everyone starting to like kind of turn against her, at least like. Her immediate family her parents are horrible to her Um, her brother is really mad because he should have inherited money under the will Um, but now he doesn't and he doesn't want to have to ask for Sophia to take care of him Um, but Charles stood by her during that part too even though like it if she had ever had any motive for murder that was it yeah So, I, and, I don't know. I just, I don't, I almost don't know, like, which I prefer, I guess, because it is different in the movie. I prefer them to be happy. At the end of the book, um, also, um, it's kind of crazy because Sophia is, like, worried that he won't want to be with her because he'll, like, be afraid because like of her family which I can kind of relate to (laughs) in some ways because sometimes it is scary to like let people into your life if you have like family trouble because you're like I don't want them to have to deal with this um yeah I don't know if like they'll be scared away by it you know yeah um so that can be hard and I just love like, at the end she asks Charles like, "Aren't you are aren't you afraid to marry me?" And he says like, "No, of course I'm marrying." You. And yeah, she says that she will. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's like the very last page. Yeah, it basically ends with like she. He says, "Why should I be?" <laughs> And he says, in poor little Josephine, all the worst of the family came together. In you, Sophia, I fully believe that all that is bravest and best in the Leonides family has been handed down to you. Yeah, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, He says, hold up your head, my darling. The future is ours. So cute. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do like them happy at the end because the movie didn't really give them... A whole lot of resolution. I don't know what kind of resolution they could have had at the end That's of the true. movie, though, because That's true. the entire movie, like, is just, like, weird between them. Yeah. It's, like, intentionally awkward because... So, in the movie, they were supposed to be, like, ex-lovers, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, they met in Cairo, Egypt, which is true for the book as well, but in the movie, he... They have, like... A short love affair, but they both fall- actually fall in love with each other, I guess, and, like, he breaks her heart because he kind of spies on her so that he can get into intelligence because they tell her that- they tell him that she's his ticket in, um, and she finds out, and he quits the diplomatic service Yeah, in the movie because he- Because she's worth more to him than it is. But, like, she won't forgive him. And also, she lied to him about who her family was. Yeah, she didn't tell him who she was when they met. Which is why he started spying on her. Yeah, because... because Well, if I can't trust her anyway, then... Yeah. Yeah. And so, throughout the movie, there's just, like, this tension and, like, this whole thing where they don't have this basis of trust. Yeah. And so when- it sucks, because that's one of the most beautiful things yeah. about the
1: relationship in the book.
0: Yeah. And so, like, when Charles, like, starts to maybe suspect that she could have been the murderer, it's like, there was nothing really holding them together at that point, because neither of them trusted each other. And so she gets really upset at him because- she feels like it's not fair that he thinks that about her. Yeah. But, like because I mean, she is the one who like hires him. Yeah. Cuz he's a private detective in the in the movie mm-hmm. and she goes to him mm-hmm. and is like, "I'm pretty sure he was like my grandfather was murdered and I'm scared because I think that one of my family members did it and like we're all still living in the same house." Yeah. And and yeah. It In the book, obviously, she really does trust him, so she, like, admits that you don't know if it was me or not. Yeah. There's no way for you to know if it was me or not, which is one of the reasons we can't get married until we figure out who it is. Yeah. But, like, obviously, he doesn't really ever believe that it's her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think he he does in the movie, either. Yeah. Honestly. I think that he I think he believes that she could have done it, but I don't think he ever really believes that she did do it, yeah, I think a lot of it is her being insecure because um he doesn't think that Brenda did it, yeah, in the movie, there's a lot more tension between her and Brenda and him because they're not tied together, yeah, and because they don't have and, that, understanding. and also because Brenda is acts more um. Promiscuous towards him, I guess. Yeah. (sighs) But... I don't know why you would like the relationship in the movie. It's really annoying. Well, yeah, I know, I know. It's just... Like, it works with the movie. Although the 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 ending of the movie is open-ended, and we... (laughs) I actually mentioned earlier today, um, that I don't like ambiguous endings, because I like to know what happens, and I love, I love me a happy ending. If it doesn't have a happy ending, then, like, what's even the point? But, I liked this ending. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just... Something about it. Well, actually, I do know why. very
1: intense.
0: I do know why. Why? Um... Because at the end of the movie, Sophia... So, at the end of the movie, the end of the movie and the end of the book, basically the same thing happens to, like, Josephine and Edith. Like, Edith drives the two of them off yeah. of a cliff. Um, but... The movie at... is much more emotional because... In the movie, Charles and Sophia are, like, chasing them in the car, and they've, like... Trying to stop. They've just figured out that Josephine is, like, the... is the one who killed, like, their grandfather. And so Charles and Sophia are, like, driving in the car, and they actually see it happen. Whereas in the book, they just find out about it after it already has happened. And uh, when they find out that it's happened, they don't even know the truth. Because they when they find out that it's happened, they go look for this, these letters. It's like, they've been gone for a while. Like, what happened to them? And then, um, they tell the police and they go looking for them. And when the word comes back that they're dead in a car at the bottom of a rock quarry, they go into the hallway where Charles saw Edith hiding some letters. Um, and they open, they see the letters. One is addressed to him and one is addressed to the um, the, to Chief Inspector Taverner. Yeah. Um, and in one is the confession, her the, confession. The Ewell's one addressed to Taverner, Taverner is her confession. And then the one addressed to Charles is, like, to him and Sophia, and it's, um, It's just explaining to him that Josephine why, was... Yeah, why she yeah. took Josephine with her and that it was really Josephine, and then she, like, leaves the journal... In that envelope, too. Yeah. Um. So, in the movie, it's just, like, this very emotional scene where they're, like,
1: yeah. driving they find after, the after them. And, yeah. and
0: a letter to Charles in his seat. And it just, like, has her confession in it. Yeah. But they... So then they read the journal, and they figure out that Josephine is the one who actually committed the murders. As they're driving at, after Yeah, them. as they're driving after them. And they see them go off the cliff, and, like, the car explodes and stuff, and Sophia just... Breaks down. Completely. Breaks down, and she... She asks... She's, like, almost in hyster... Well, she is in hysterics. Yeah. And she's like, what did we do to her? Like, referring to Josephine. And, um... I, I really, it just, I cried at the end of the movie the first time I watched it. So did I. Yeah, and I think that's really, like, when I started crying. I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure that was where I started crying when I originally watched the movie. Um, Because it was just, like, so, and then Charles is just like, it wasn't your fault, it wasn't your fault. But it was just so sad because... I think in the movie, it does this, like, really good job of, like, portraying, like, this this larger theme and question of nature versus nurture, where, like, mm-hmm. Josephine is portrayed as more childlike in the movie, with, like, Especially in that ending scene when Edith is, like, about to drive off the cliff. Like, Josephine is getting scared. And, like, I think she's crying, right? I don't remember, but she she realizes what's happening. At first, she doesn't, really. But then she realizes what's happening and she's, like, trying to tug Edith away from, like, the steering wheel. Yeah. And she's, like, terrified. Yeah. And then there's this other beautiful beautiful scene where like she's she's like dancing through the house like she's just doing ballet in front of like this massive picture of her grandfather and um the cinematography of that scene is gorgeous um like the music and the lighting and everything um is so good but like just small things like that are really just, and also, also the the tree house in the movie. In the movie, Josephine has a tree house. I know. In the movie, Josephine has a tree house, and in the book, she does not. She has like, I don't know. A door. She has a bedroom and a notebook and yeah, the cistern room. Yeah, the cistern <laughs> the room, which honestly was just was a place the, to hide the letters, the letters that she forged between Brenda and Lawrence. Although so, did she book, actually forge them in the book? In the book, that's she true. She didn't necessarily forge them. In yeah. the movie, it said that she forged them because she wrote it in her journal. Yeah, um, and in the book. It's not like that. But also in the book, it's never really clear whether or not Brenda and Lawrence had a love affair.
1: Um, I like
0: to think that yeah. they didn't. And in the movie, it's like it's off it shows that they did, but like the letters are fake.
1: Well, it doesn't that, show yeah, that they did. It yeah, shows it that they're
0: kissing cuz he sees Through them the when he so Charles climbs up into the treehouse oh, to look for some Oh, right, right. I forgot just, about like, that. Look around, and he sees through this telescope, through which Josephine has been watching her family, Mm-hmm. and like observing. Okay, and stuff. well, okay. In the book, I like to think that Josephine forged the letters because I liked. I think Sophia. Maybe it was Edith. I don't know. One of them said something about um, Brenda and Lawrence, and I liked that explanation better. Like one of the- I don't. Was it Sophia, or was it mm-hmm. Edith? The person who's like talking about how um, Aristide like had probably arranged to have Lawrence become, like, yeah, clo- that he hired Lawrence to like, prevent Brenda from actually going out and having an affair? I think it was Edith in the book, and it was... Sophia. It was Sophia in the movie, but I think it was Edith in the book, and she said something about how, um... a soulful friendship tinged with melancholy. That's, like, what she described, like, Lawrence and Brenda as. And I like that description. And I... I like to believe that that's what it really was. That they didn't. That that it never actually happened. It was just like. On the verge. Yeah, and also constantly on the verge. Yeah, and also Charles said that Brenda was probably in love with Lawrence. She just didn't know it.
1: Yeah. mm -hmm.
0: And so, I'd also like to think that Charles was right about that. So. That's my view of the matter. <laughs> yeah. But it is, though, interesting, too. Just, like, going back to, like, Sophia and Charles really quick. um, It is interesting, like, in the movie, how mm-hmm. Sophia is kind of the one, like, forcing doubt into his head. Like, she's tr- she's, like, kind of, like, repeating his thoughts
1: in yeah. a way when
0: she, like, says... You think it could be me. And a lot of the stuff that she says, you're like, wait. He was probably thinking that right then. And she, like, knew what he was thinking. But, like, at the same time, he is kind of always, like, sticking around for her, really. Yeah. Like, the whole time. Like, it's like he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, even though he knows that she could, like, he, he doesn't actually think that she is. He knows that she could have yeah but he doesn't actually think she did it and he like kind of almost does maybe doesn't care if she did I guess and then at the end like he's basically just like holding on to her while she's sobbing yeah I think the whole like tinged with melancholy thing describes them describes too. well describes like the whole Everyone. movie it's- because yeah. because the movie There's, yeah the movie has a definite mood. And I think it's soulful pinched with melancholy is a very good description. Yes, and I think the characters, um, especially the interactions between the family members in the movie, um, are, like, so so some of them are more, like, it shows that, it shows more that the family is, like, close-knit, but then some of them, it doesn't. Like, yeah. the the interactions between, like, Roger and Philip yeah. are, like, never, like, any, never any hints of, like, love or yeah. respect or anything in the movie. But in the book, um, I think Edith, again, is the one who says, like, they really do, like, love each other. It's just, they don't really express it at all. But in the movie, that whole conversation never happens. And it's just, like, basically pure animosity between them. It's just that um, the one thing that does happen that kind of shows that, like, the conversation between Edith Mm -hmm. and Charles in the movie where she says, like, the thing about the same person that you love most being the person that you hate most. Yes. It's, it's like that, um, it's just that, um, with Philip and Roger in the movie and in the book, but especially in the movie, it's like their hate is kind of winning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also something that makes me sad is in the movie, they also didn't really display like the, I don't know the relationship between clemency and roger yeah the and way the it books, was in the book really because didn't. in the book i honestly loved them mm-hmm. yeah me too and because it in was the, also in the book even though roger had a temper he what it didn't like really show him like as a child like in the mm-hmm. movie it portrayed him as being like a ch- like ch- child so yeah it showed like, him like throwing tantrum. a yeah, yeah a tantrum in the book he just had like a bad temper but also, he was like kind of just like a bumbling man. He just like ran into things. He was kind yeah. Of he was childish, clumsy. but it was but in a different way. I wouldn't call it childish though. He was just like a clumsy man. Well, okay. I feel um, like who I had a like... temper, and in the movie, it made that out to be like he was childish.
1: But I feel like in the in book,
0: th- I didn't really get a sense of him being childish at all. I think in the movie, he was childish. In the book, he was more like childlike. Which are like different things. I know they're different things, but I still don't. I don't know. That's um, just what I got. Like, I from didn't it. get any sort of childlike or childish impress- impression from him because adults are like that all the time. Well, yeah, but it just. I think I he know. was adult like. Well, it describes Roger as like Clemency's child in the book, though. That is true. Does it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Charles says that he was not only her husband but and her lover child. but her child as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Which say, yeah.
0: I mean it was I think it was more in reference to Clemency's feelings towards yeah. him than yeah. his actual oh, behavior. Yeah. But I think for me at least I felt like that still kind of applied because yeah. it talks about him being like impulsive and trusting and yeah. um yeah like he he'd
1: always been he's he'd always been dependent on someone else so i mean but
0: yeah and he like idolized his father but yeah and again in the movie it made it seem more like that because in the book Roger was the oldest child yeah um and in the movie right. he was the youngest and Philip was supposed to be the oldest mm-hmm. and in oh, the yeah. book it makes I didn't more even sense because, that. because really in the book yeah. it makes so much more sense because yeah. Um, well, it showed two different things. So in the movie part of what made um Aristide seem so like controlling and kind of manipulative was that Roger, the youngest child, had was in control of the company because he was the favorite yeah. child and he like passed over Philip just because he liked his youngest son more. Um in the book it was like fair. He like fairly gave his company to his oldest child. Um, and Philip just and Philip also was like devoted to his father, and he just felt like um his father didn't really notice him that much because he was the younger child. Yeah. So it was like more fair and like Yeah. Actually more of a loving relationship than mm-hmm. in the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah and The book and the movie are also very different in their portrayal of, what's his name? I forgot how to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, Because in the book, he's just portrayed way more as, like, caring towards his family. Like, Mm -hmm. he honestly has always, like, tried to help them and just wants what's best for them. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the movie, he's... He's portrayed as, like, more cold and manipulative and stuff. And the will is another thing that helps show that, because in the book, it says that, like, in his letter, he writes a letter in explanation of the will to his solicitor, and he says that uh, he believes that Sophia will be the best, um, is the best person to leave it to, because... She'll be the best at, like, managing the money and taking care of the family. because yeah. they Because what they need is a caretaker. Not like, to just have money given yeah. to them directly. Um, and in the movie, Sophia says that what he tells her is that he wants her to take over his empire. And that he doesn't believe that money, that fortune should be split among the weak. It should be given to the strong of the family. Like, yeah. the one strong person. Which makes him seem very cold. And yeah, it's just a very different tone. cool Yeah. Like And I like that more in the book. I yeah, like their relationships more because I feel like a lot of families are more like that. A lot of families yeah. there's love and resentment like that just are in conflict with each other but like they're together. Yeah. Because no one is perfect and even though you love someone you hurt them a lot yeah and really it's only what like the two the two children in the book who outright say like yeah we didn't like our grandfather it's only like Josephine yeah. and Eustace yeah. who outright say that and Edith Edith does say like i disliked him but it implies that like but she admired him too yeah Yeah. Probably because he cared for his family so much. Mm Mm-hmm. And she cared for them, too. Yeah. Because she came to live with them after his wife died. She helped him take care of the children because she cared about them. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, the decisions that they made between... Between, um... Like, the movie and the book in, like, differences. Yeah. You know? And somehow the changes that they made in the movie were suited to... The format. The medium, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like the ending, for example, was much more dramatic and... And the whole movie was much more, like, dramatic. Yes, yes. And they just... They like added a lot of tension and conflict that maybe wasn't there so much in the book in order to make it more cinematic
1: yeah
0: and more theatrical, which suits like the media like the film medium, yeah, but in a book, it's much more you have to like worry about pacing more mm-hmm. because it's a much slower. Um I don't know. The pacing just has to be different. Yeah. Because in a movie everything has to go faster, so you have to like and I don't know. I guess it's it's easier to lose focus of a movie just because you don't have as much like time to work with, but it's very like intense yeah. because there's the visuals and the audio and etc. Like, there's much more that you can do with it, but you have to be really careful about what you do. Yeah. So there's a really interesting thing that they added to the movie. There were, like, a lot of stuff that we talked about that they took away, like, Sophia and Charles's relationship. Yeah. And, um... Aristides, like, personality and um charles's father <laughs> and charles's father exactly um one of the things that they added was the cia oh yeah that was kind of an american aspect because like honestly yeah. i didn't hate it i didn't hate it it was just a kind of a weird thing to add i don't i mean but... it was probably because they kind of needed to tie back in with their version with the movie's version of what happened in Cairo. And
1: and what they hap- needed
0: they kind of needed a way to like reference and with Brenda. Back to that. They wanted to tie Brenda yeah into that. Too. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. They like made Brenda American. They made the CIA involved with Aristide and then yeah. um they made Charles have like a contact in the CIA, yeah. and because all of this stuff. Because he was working stuff. with the CIA in Cairo when he was spying on. Um, no, he was working with English yeah. intelligence. He was working with English intelligence. Yeah, that was against weird that he had. Yeah, against the CIA. So kind of I don't really CIA know CIA. how that fit yeah. fits in. But also, also it it actually did serve the the contact that he had in the CIA did serve to kind of, like, illuminate a little bit more of the backstory, because yeah. he was the one who said, like, oh, like, why did you quit? Yeah. Like, you were going somewhere. And so, then later on, he- when and he realized that, like, he quit for- her. For Sophia, because he didn't really want to, like, spy on her, I guess. Yeah. But the damage was already done. Yeah. So do you want to talk about your favorite scene? Oh my gosh, I do want to talk about my favorite scene. Um, Kind of explain the theme song. Yeah, so this episode's theme song kind of comes from... Well, it does come from... um, It's not exact, but I tried to make it as close as possible. It comes from my favorite scene in the movie and also my favorite scene I think that I've seen in any movie. I'm mostly joking, but kind of not. Um... There's this one scene in the movie where, like, Charles is just, like, driving back from, like, the house back to, like, wherever he lives. I don't know. And he's being followed. followed. And then it it also, like, shows flashes of, like, the family. Um, But in the background, it's just Eustace playing this acoustic, like, strumming this acoustic guitar. But he's not actually playing it. He's just strumming the strings like over and over again. And then he just like starts aggressively strumming and then he like throws the guitar down. And for some reason Mari really likes that scene. I just. It's so pointless. It's hilarious.
1: It's so It's like a very it seems like it should be a very dramatic moment. And like But it's
0: so funny because yes. of the guitar strumming and like you could have shown okay here's here's what a normal person might do they might have that exact same scene just mute the guitar and like show him strumming but then show him throw the guitar like they actually did in the scene but just don't have the audio of the guitar Put, like, a different song over it. How's that more normal? Um, because it is? Oh, I guess because it wouldn't, like, show the guitar in the other scenes, too. Like, yeah. you could hear, like... You wouldn't be able to hear... You so hear the so, like, audio so it from would, the guitar in yeah. the other scenes, because it kept switching back and forth between yeah. different people. Yeah, so, and also, I feel like, because you couldn't hear the audio from any of the other scenes... It was just this guitar. And I'm like, it might have been, like, a more normal choice to just eliminate the actual audio of the guitar, show him playing the guitar, when it showed him playing the guitar anyway. What would really be the point of that? Well, the whole thing with, like, flashing between Charles and the family is to kind of just get snapshots of how they're all, like kind of feeling when he's not there. Because, like, yeah. Edith is sitting alone in her, yeah. co- or, no, I think oh, she's yeah. sitting at a table. I see that, because, like, the, again, the theme of bringing the family together, mm-hmm. and then when he leaves, they, like, all just go off to their own place, Yeah, and yeah. then Philip and Roger, each other. which is really interesting, yeah. because Aristide was the one who, like, brought them all together, because they used to, like, have family, sort of family gatherings all the time, so now, like, Sophia and Charles are the ones who are doing that. Yeah, it was just kind of crazy. Um, I love that scene. I don't know why it's there. Like, the audio of the guitar is really the pointless thing, and it's like, why? But I love it because you're gonna put a scene. It's funny. and it's unintentionally I don't funny. see how it's that pointless, though, because you might as well just use that music if you're showing someone playing a guitar. Well, yeah, but I, f- I feel like I've seen that scene before, or, like, a similar one, but they didn't use the audio mm-hmm. of, like, this the individual scenes. I feel like that they, they just put
1: music over it.
0: less normal, it's just more efficient.
1: I think it's just funny.
0: I think that's what they were I going I think it was for. funny, too. I don't think that's what they were going... I think they were... I mean, it's literally... I do you think that's not what they were going for? Oh, my gosh. It's just showing like all of these- movie, Faith, and they just wanted this comic relief moment. They have, like, other kind of comic relief moments, though. And it's, like, Like Charles not- being a... a Charles cuddle- cuddling with the dogs...
1: Eustace is is the comic relief in that movie. He is. That's why I'm saying that you know I suppose.
0: I suppose, but that's his like one moment of vulnerability though. Is when he he's like,
1: Yeah, his one moment of vulnerability and
0: he's still being Mm -hmm. the comic relief. Yeah, but I feel like that it wasn't intentional.
1: I'm pretty sure it was.
0: I don't think it was intentional.
1: Well, We can agree
0: to disagree. (laughs) I don't think it was intentional, but I do think that it was hilarious, so. I think we can agree to disagree. Because I also think that it was intentional and comic, relief, purposeful comic. Well, (laughs) do you guys have any closing thoughts? Um, I know we, like, pretty much ruined the book. Yeah, sorry, guys. But you should know movie. by now, like... But still, both of them are great. Yeah, and honestly, um, like, our discussion today doesn't even begin to do it justice. There are yeah. things that we couldn't get to, um, that we wanted to talk about. There are things that, like, we weren't going to talk about anyways that, that are still great. we definitely could have talked about. Yeah, um, and... You know, the book is amazing, the movie is amazing, both in very different ways. Yes, Agatha Christie. If If you guys like what you've heard from this podcast episode, um, and you want to actually read Agatha Christie's books, like we said, there are over 80 novels. Yeah. So. There's a lot to choose from. Yes. Just pick one. There are also plays, there are story collections. You mm-hmm. name it. Jesus. This will not be the last Agatha Christie we do. I can guarantee nope. you that. And... Okay. Any closing thoughts? Nope. <laughs> okay. Are you glad you read this book with us?
1: Yep. It's <laughs> goodie.
0: An oldie but a goodie. Exactly. 1949. It's a one. I think this might be one of the oldest books that I own. Well, Well, it's definitely one of the oldest books that I've owned.
1: It's pretty old. Yeah. Anyways. Bye.
0: Um, next week. Or actually, no, not next week. This This week. week. We will be starting, um, two episodes a week because we, uh, honestly, I need something to do over the summer so that I don't just, like, lay in bed all day. Um, and we thought, why not just get through more content? Mm -hmm. Um, because we want to do, we want to do some, like, series this summer. Yeah. And stuff. So, um, on Thursday... Uh, We will do an episode about Alec Benjamin, who is a singer-songwriter. So check out his music in preparation for our episode, which will drop on Thursday. So um, we'll see you guys then. And don't forget, if you want to comment... Just send us some voice messages. Yes, we, we listen love them. to all of them. We do. All the
1: ones that I send, because I'm the only
0: one. <laughs> We've gotten two voice messages so far, and they have both been from Faith. And they've um, both been hilarious.
1: So. I wouldn't say that. They're weird. Yes. Send us some voice
0: messages. We might even include them in our episodes. Please don't Maybe, put in there. Maybe. Yeah. Some of the stuff that Faith has sent us have been, like, requests. For a podcast episode. They've yes. literally
1: all been requests.
0: Oh, yeah, they have. Yeah. But we will see you, guys, on Thursday, whoever's listening to us. Um, and thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.